0: Welcome. It is Daniel J. Dockich. It is Don't At Me Patriots Division, ladies and gentlemen. It is a Patriot show. We have a special treat for you. We have Riley Gaines coming up, Mike Kozlowski, who's the head coach of Air Force, and our friend Ennis Cantor Freedom. Well, because frankly, um, they, ladies and gentlemen, are the most patriotic people that there is out there. They are unafraid. They are unabashed. They don't care. They are American through and through. We just saw, and we'll we'll show it again, Riley Gaines standing up to some clown named Kelly Robinson about women athletes having to compete against men. Mike Kozlowski gave one of the great, great in-game speeches about America as the Air Force coach. And, of course, Ennis Cantor Freedom has fought not only the NBA, but the government in his own country and has been targeted by his own country for death. He has stood up and I don't think I've ever talked to anybody ever that is more proud to be an American citizen than Ennis Cantor Freedom. Yeah, we're excited about it. It is the patriotic division as we celebrate all things July 4th, baby. Hey, coming up, let's go. Let's get right into, you know, freedom is not free. And when you are at an academy, whether it's West Point, whether it is a Naval Academy, or whether it is the Air Force, you are training men and women to be fighters. Not kind of, sort of, maybe. Not effeminate males and uh, cartoon character women. You are teaching young people to be fighters, to do one thing and that is win for the United States. And nobody knows better than Air Force coach Mike Kozlowski this. He knows all too well the sacrifice of our men and our women in armed forces and what they do to protect our country. Here's a little clip of Coach Kozlowski in game talking about his guys and America.
1: Don't fight wars on our home soil, so we played our first 24 games on the road. And these guys got to get battle tested because uh, at the end of the day, they're going to do a whole heck of a lot bigger things than playing baseball. Uh, these guys are going to go fight wars for us. And we got to learn how to compete on the road. And our missions, once again, real simple fly, fight, win. We didn't come out here to compete against Texas. Uh, we're going to come out here to beat Texas and win. Everything we do at the Academy is so cool because of the fact that it's so much bigger than just coming to play baseball. You know, these kids are getting a great education, uh, they're getting to go do things, and they're jumping on airplanes, flying gliders, doing survival training, sucking eyes out of rabbits' heads, punching people in the base, doing MMA, and uh, learning how to lead. And that's what our nation needs right now. We need leaders for our great country, and all these young men, and I know I stated this last year for everybody, but I want everyone to understand, these kids have raised their hands to die for us.
0: We had Coach Mike Kozlowski on a while back after this unbelievable video of him doing an in-game during an Air Force game. He's a head baseball coach of the Air Force Academy. Had Mike and one of his players on. Here is the video. Coach, we just saw the video. I gotta tell you, you came on with one of your guys and it just took the nation by storm. It is our Patriots Day show. You are a patriot, unafraid to speak, Air Force graduate. It is July, uh, J- blah, July 3rd, July 4th, July week 4th weekend, as I can't speak here.
1: What does July 4th mean to you? What does it mean to the Air Force Academy? Well, Dan, uh, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, Fourth of July, this is what it's all about, uh, our national birthday here and i just hope americans across the world understand this is not just a day for hot dogs and celebration of that regard but uh for all our men and women across the, our great nation that are willing to wear our nation's uniform to serve and pro- to serve and protect and uh, do great things for our uh for our country and more importantly that uh, they continue to uh project hope um But also, we have to understand that with that projecting of hope, we also have to influence them a little bit with violence uh, because that's what our job is at the uh, not only at the academy, but more importantly, across the Department of Defense is that we're going to be strong and we have to keep America number one.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and to your point, the Air Force Academy started. So you've got guys there that that's their mission, right? Their mission is to win and they learn to win. At the Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, Army. Uh that's the deal. Period. It isn't about any of this other BS that we read about.
1: Well, all of our academies just started this past week. So uh whether it's the Navy, Army, West Point, Coasties, Merchant Marine, uh, we have now young men and women that probably have just taken the oath of office to serve, fight, and protect. Uh hopefully you guys like my haircut. Uh it's back to basic for I me love as it. well. Young men and women are going through basic cadet training right now. Uh, There's no more mommy and daddy. There's no more cell phones. Uh, These young men and women are learning how to fight and how to compete. And that's in all facets. And uh, that's uh, from the mental preparation, the athletic preparation. And most importantly for us is the character preparation that uh, we're going to develop leaders and leaders of character. They're going to, uh, once again, go do bad things to bad people. And that's what we're going to, hopefully, that uh, at the end of the day, we're going to make sure that that happens out here after four years and they graduate, walk across that stage, and throw their hat in there, air, that they're ready to go kick some butt and dominate for, uh, for our armed forces.
0: You know, it, it is amazing. Uh, it's almost like, well, you know, we really can't talk about winning my ass. That's what you guys are all about. Look, we uh, – and I don't know how much you want to get into this, but we have problems in our own place that you guys – Uh, stand up for it. There is no foreign policy. There is no border control. Hell, a Marine vet, Danny or Daniel Penny, gets charged for saving people in a subway. Coach, this is insanity what's going on. That's why I love
1: talking to you and guys like you. Well, uh, we have raised our hand and we're willing to fight for our constitutional rights for those that maybe don't believe in them or if they don't want to stand for our national anthem or do things that... uh, maybe personally I object against, but, uh, you know, I raise my hand, I am retired currently, but uh, what we're doing with our cadets out here that they have a great understanding of the bigger importance that uh, they are responsible for all Americans, no matter which way people sway and do, but we are going to keep America number one in all facets. And, you know, you start talking about the 4th of July and the 4th of July, this is about America. And I want people to understand America is number one, and that we're going to do things right out here. And I just want all of our nation and all of our great Americans out there to buy into, you know, being here. Um, I had the opportunity to fly C-17 aircraft. I've been around the world, been to seventy some different countries, been in combat, been in war. Uh, people don't like our country. You're more than welcome to go across the border. You know, that you go to go to Afghanistan, go to Tajikistan, go to Kyrgyzstan, go to Afghanistan, Pakistan, wherever you want to go um, and see how you like it over there. Um, this is the greatest country in the world. And people I always ask me, what's the greatest country you've ever been to? I said, it's right here. The United States right. of America. You better believe in it.
0: Urban Meyer sent me a couple pictures on, uh, he was, I don't know what kind of jet this was, but he said, hey, look, we almost hit 4G, supersonic speed. Because I'd ask him, did you crap yourself or did you throw up? And he said, well, I didn't either. Uh, The backup kicker he had at Bowling Green flew him. Did you ever get to
1: 4Gs? Did you ever go supersonic as you were flying? Uh, I have, and I've had the opportunity to fly from training airplanes, the fighter jets. Uh, I flew big cargo airplanes, so we weren't in the pulling G business, but uh, I've been supersonic, pulled the nine and a half Gs. Uh, it is fabulous. And one thing that we like to do out here is we have a thousand athletes that are learning how to compete on the friendly fields of strife. That That next game they play after they graduate from our school is no longer a game. It's called war. And we are prepping these kids to be war fighters out here and not baseball players or football players. We're making war fighters. Uh, The Air Force Academy, this is a war fighter factory. And that's the same for all our academies out there. Uh, We're going to make young men and women that are really uh, ready and willing to go kick some ass for us. And that's kind of the special part for you you think about these kids that are putting on our nation's uniform on a daily basis. And they're representing the United States of America. And they've raised their hand to serve, to fight, to protect all Americans. And that's what makes it special, especially when you start talking about the 4th of July.
0: Um, I do have – speaking of number one, you got a pitcher. You had a pitcher called Ske- Paul Skeens of LSU, who's going to be the number one overall pick. He started out at Air Force. Coach, NIL that kid. Keep him at the Air Force. <laughs> you got to get him a million. Give him a jet for
1: crying out loud. What are we doing? Well, Dan, um, the great thing about Paul Skeens was when he was here, um, and I will tell this to everyone that I will ever meet. Paul Skeens is a better American than he is baseball player, and that is That's a awesome. true, the characteristic trait. When you start speaking about Americans, uh, he is an all-American kid. Even on his social media, he says, "I stand for the national anthem." Uh, Paul did not want to leave our school, but unfortunately, uh, our current our policy that we had at the time. Um, This is life-changing money that's going to be happening for Paul Skeens on draft day on 9 July when he's going to be picked. uh, In my view, he should be the number one pick overall because he is going to change the culture. Uh, I think if you ever listen to Paul Skeens speak, he always talks about service and how much it meant to him to be at the United States Air Force Academy and how it has changed his life to be the better. And it's going to be a great moment on 9 July. Uh, My myself and my staff have the fortunate opportunity to go be with Paul, uh, when he does get selected. And the one thing that I, once again, I will state service is big in his mind and he will serve his country. And at first it might just be on the, on the professional baseball fields, but when it's all said and done, he's trapped in F-15s, he's strapped into F-16 fighter jets while he was here. He's gone through survival training. He's gone through our basic training. Um, We've made him the man that he is today, and he understands that. And it's great uh, that I mean, I'm wearing a shirt today with Folds of Honor, how much he's given back to our nation, whether it's Folds of Honor, uh, whether it's our first responders. It's not about Paul ever. It's about what he can do for other people. And uh, some organization out there is going to get a gem that's going to change the whole uh, culture of their organization, sir.
0: You know what I thought was cool? And being an ex coach, I thought this was awesome. Here he is, the number one player going to be picked, right? And he, two things got me with Paul. He wanted a pitch. Like, he, he I don't give a damn about all the, hey, pitch counts and all that, and I'm going to be the number one. He wanted a pitch in that last game. It obviously uh, was a route, so he didn't have to. But then after the game, the kid that got hurt scoring the run, who's picking him up? Who Who's got that kid on his back? running out to the celebration. It was your guy, Paul. I thought those two things were, were – they, they told me why LSU won the championship. Let's put it that way, those two things.
1: Well, that's Paul. And uh, we have our core values of the Air Force. It's integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do. And service before self was a big thing for Cadet Skeens when he was here, and that's just a continuum of who he is as a man – And that's kind of the exciting part to watch him go into his next chapter of professional sports and what he's going to be able to bring, not only for himself, but to a whole organization. I see the picture up on the screen right there. And you know what? Doesn't surprise me at all. I'm sure he's the first one uh, to the field. He's the last one to leave. He's the kid that's going to be cleaning up the locker room, cleaning up the dugout to make sure it's perfect, uh, because that's the, the nature of the man that he is. And that shows his true character of a person. And that's why, once again, when you want to talk about all Americans, that's an all American. And I'll stand by that young man any day of the week. And and all the kids and all the all the men and women out there, they're willing to wear our nation's uniform. And once again, I'll allude back to it. Paul never wanted to leave our school, but uh, at the time it was probably the right call for him with, with the with the, the decision that he made to be able to go, uh, hopefully, go pitch for a long time. But uh, he wants to come back in the military once he's done and serve. And I'm sure he'll be doing that while he's in the professional baseball ranks. Coach, last he's thing a badass I appreciate kid, Dan. you coming on here. What's that? Uh, Paul's a badass kid. And, you know, let's just, just go right back to it. Fourth of July, America. You know, I want flags. And I'll tell you a quick story. Yesterday, I went and got my coffee. I was driving back to my house. and, a lady's putting flags in all the yards. And I stopped and I said, thank yeah. you. She goes, are you okay with this? I said, what do you mean am I okay <laughs> with it? And that's kind of surprising right now. When that's today's society, what we're, we're putting an American flag and somebody's going to even think about questioning the loyalty of our Americans out there. That's what we got to get away from, Dan. This is a great, badass country that people have to stand up and respect America, respect the flag. And everything that we do in regards to it, especially those service members that are willing to serve, to fight, and maybe even give their life for it. That's what makes our country number one.
0: Coach, uh, that's so well said. Uh, Last thing before I let you go, you're at the Academy. You are Academy through and through. July 4th is during the week uh, Tuesday, what's July 4th while the academy is in session. What, what's it like there at air, at air, force on that day, July 4th?
1: Well, we have basic cadet training going on right now, Dan. So, uh, they're going to be real early getting up. There's going to be a lot of running around. There's going to be <laughs> a lot of physical conditioning and physical training. Um, I don't know what the actual schedule is going to be for our basic cadets, but, uh, I know back in my day when I was here, we went up to our, we have a big, uh, theater, and we got to watch Patton. And that was a badass movie. You know, you're watching Patton. Then we got to go watch the fireworks. Um uh I unfortunately I'm gonna take a little quick trip, a little vacation with my wife. I'm gonna head over to Maui and I'll i I'll celebrate over in Maui. But um you know, I want to share one other quick story, Dan. Um, yeah. We got knocked out of the conference tournament, the conference championship game, and we got home on Memorial Day, and I was a little demoralized because of the fact that uh, we should have been in a regional again this year, and we didn't make it. And I'm bummed out, all-time low from a coaching perspective. I felt that way. And uh, I had to go take a quick little trip over to our Usofa Cadet Cemetery to go visit some of my friends on Memorial Day, and that really picked me up right there. and puts life into perspective That Yes, I have the ability to be a baseball coach at the Air Force Academy, uh, but more importantly, I want to be a life coach uh, to all these young men and women that are willing to do so much more than 99% of Americans are. And when when you talk about the 4th of July, it's America's Day. And you're looking at a man here that believes in America, and hopefully I'm a great American.
0: Coach, you're a great American. I mean, I'm not the judge. I I always hate it when people judge, but in my world – Uh, You're as good as it gets, my friend. And I thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us. Uh, Maui's awesome. You're going to have an unbelievable time. But thanks for uh, stopping in and chatting with us, Coach. You're awesome. Thanks. All right. You got it, Dan. Thank you, guys. And uh, happy America's birthday. Damn right. Happy Fourth of July to everybody. Everybody. And my flag, I just got a new flag. I did. I just got a new flag. And uh, I'm putting it up today, matter of fact. I looked out at my flag, and I'm like, yeah, I need a new one. That's not good enough. That doesn't represent what I want it to represent. We got it right there at the end of our backyard here for everybody to see. And I had to go get a new one. I did. I had to get a new one. We are going to continue here. Ennis Cantor Freedom is joining. Riley Gaines is joining. We're going straight Patriots. That's right. I've had enough of all this other crap. I've had enough of talking about uh, whatever. I want to talk to people that respect the living hell out of our country, that love being in our country, that understand the 4th of July is truly America's birthday, and we're going to celebrate the living hell out of it. It should be July, should be America Month. Seriously. I mean, we give months to everything. At what point do we give American Month? Anyway, uh, I thank uh, Coach for coming on, and we shall be right back. A former University of Kentucky swimmer, Riley Gaines, has become, well, as patriotic as it gets. And it's interesting. She is patriotic. And when you think about why, she's standing up for women. Now let's go through this. Not having to compete against men in women's sports. Now I just want you to Oh, I don't know. Think about that just for a second. She, within the last year, has become one of the leading and most powerful voices in the movement to protect women's sports. Now, after competing against trans swimmer Leah Thomas and speaking out about the injustices she and her teammates face, she has inspired even more women to join the fight. Riley Gaines is a friend of the show, and I'm not going to lie to you. I am damn proud that Riley Gaines is a friend of our show. And let's show you what Riley Gaines just did on Capitol Hill to some poor simp named Kelly Robinson.
1: Women you don't some believe shortage? that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as def- a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think... How... how, how... How many female members of the NBA do you see?
2: Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, And it's just not the case. She is stronger than that. What's
1: your experience, Ben? Male, female.
2: Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, My experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week without trying.
0: We celebrate Patriots, that's right, on uh, 4th of July week. Weekend should be 4th of July in America year, but it doesn't ever seem to be that way. And there is no bigger Patriot going right now. Then my favorite human being, non-family division, when she speaks, I Listen. It is, ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful, the uber-talented, the smart, the funny, the entertaining, the beautiful Riley Gaines, nice enough to join us. I'm getting right into this. What you did to that Kelly Robinson who tried to equate men and women in sports is the ultimate takedown of somebody so ill-informed. Let me let me walk through. Were you shocked? that she would be so ill-informed as to bring up the nonsense of uh, uh, Venus and Serena Williams?
3: No, I wasn't shocked. This is what they do time and time again. They put this information forward. They're hoping no one will question it. They're hoping it seems legitimate enough for people to believe it. And that's what they do. So no, I wasn't shocked, but I was glad I could be there to call it out for exactly what it is, and honestly, real-time fact checker, and say, hey, that's literally not true at all.
0: (laughs) That was, it was literally like she put it on a tee and said, all right, Riley, just knock this out of the park. That's it.
3: Totally. And that was not something, of course, that wasn't something I knew she was going to say. That wasn't something I had prepared for by any means. But her argument was, was... It was so flawed, really. She was trying to say that someone such as Senator Kennedy, who was asking us the questions, Serena would beat him in tennis. Of course, Um, Senator Kennedy, he's an an old man who has probably never played tennis in in his life, of course. But that's not what the argument is. The argument is that it's not a lateral movement. When it's best man versus the best woman, man wins every single time without question. And so that's what I called her out on. Um, You know, She said Serena and Venus Williams would lose to men in tennis, yes, of course, but they both lost in a blowout to the 203rd ranked male tennis player.
0: When you, I wanna, we're gonna show a clip so people know what we're talking about.
2: And that's, that's the traumatizing part. Of course, the experience in and of the locker room itself is traumatizing, but I think for me, it was so easy for them to dismiss our rights to privacy. Um, Senator Durbin, in, in your opening statement you had mentioned this rhetoric, it's, um, you had mentioned that what message does it send to trans individuals? And my combat to that is what message does this send to women, to young girls who are denied of these opportunities? So easily their rights to privacy and safety thrown out of the window to protect a small population, protect one group as long as they're happy, what about us? That is the overall general consensus of how we all felt in that locker room. What was,
0: what was the reaction? Like, I love – one of the reasons I like doing basketball games is I love the reaction you see when you're actually at something. Obviously, I watched uh, your clip on TV and I watched it, you know, highlights. So what was the reaction to not only Robinson but the others that were so clearly, including uh, Dick Durbin, who, by the way – Dick Durbin doesn't believe any of the crap that he was saying. I sat next to him at a Cubs game one time, had a long talk. He's full of shit. He's just pandering that day.
3: He totally is. They all are. Are you kidding me? Senator Booker, who's a Democrat, he played football at Stanford. He knows the difference between men and women because he played at that, that highest level. He knows the work you put in being at that level. He knows the value in it, yet they're choosing to ignore it. They're choosing to virtue signal that's what we're seeing time and time again. These people would rather be seen as kind and inclusive and welcoming and accepting and tolerant and all of those those silly words that aren't actually indicative of what it really is. That's what they would rather be seen as. And if that means throwing their moral compass out of the window, if that means doing whatever they can to secure votes, that's what they're going to do. This whole political I mean, it's a game. Um, it's a game of, of how to make the most money and how to win the votes. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, that's all it is. Like divide and conquer is what I always say. All right, Megan Rapino came out yesterday and gave this great speech about well, if you're not in on women's sports, if you're not in on the uh, Women's World Cup, then you as a business are missing out. Look, I, I, okay, maybe that's right. That's fine. That's great. But why is Megan Rapinoe, Sue Bird and others so afraid to speak out against males being in women's spaces yet they're so attuned supposedly to women's sports and the cause of women's sports?
3: It's ironic. I mean the hypocrisy for someone such as Megan Bird and I mean sorry, Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird to come out and, and really Megan Rapinoe, look, there's probably not a whole lot we agree on, but she has been a trailblazer for women. Um, in terms of equal pay, equal access, equal resources when it comes to comparing the men to the women's teams. So she's been a trailblazer in that way. But for her to undermine everything she fought for, everything she worked for, um, to allow men back into those spaces, it's letting the patriarchy win. <laughs> I mean, and and that's what she claims that she does so well is fight that. And so it's ironic. It, it's hypocritical. Um, the dichotomy, it, it feels like we're living in like a Babylon B like, it's like a Babylon right. Bee head title, but it's actually real life. Right. Sometimes I have to check myself if these things are, if the Babylon Bee head titles are real. It's like, is this is this really happening or is this the real story?
0: You know, a friend of mine's wife, who's a very well-known uh, woman, I, I told her I wouldn't say her name. Uh, she says, um, it's amazing. She listens to our show every day. And she goes, do you ever, like, sit back and just, Think 10, 15, 20 years ago, how the stuff you're saying now is not even, like, couldn't even be imagined for a show 10 years ago. You, you know what I'm saying?
3: Doesn't that make you wonder, question, where we'll be in 15 more years from now? It's a slippery slope, and we are, we are slowly, actually pretty quickly, we're quickly declining. And it's because of the administration we have in the White House right now. They don't care about women. They don't care about girls. They don't care about children. They don't care about our education. They want you to seem as if or they want to seem as if they do, but make no mistake. They don't. Um, The message they're sending to young girls and to women is that we don't matter, is that our privacy, our safety, our fairness, our feelings, our dignity. None of that matters. What matters to them is protecting the minority at whatever costs we've become the collateral damage in the process. And that's the message that they're sending.
0: Has, has the NCAA, I'm going back to when you uh, had Leah Thomas and I don't think I've ever asked you this. Um, after all of this after you've exposed the guy at the NCAA saying, yeah, we got away with it by having a unisex bathroom. Fast forward a year later, you know, has the NCAA enacted any changes in terms of swimming or in terms of any, I guess, well, softball, softball had a male transitioning to a female and guess who he played with? The females. I'm sorry. You know, had a female transitioning to a male and, of course, he, she, whatever, played softball with the women. Leah Thompson, male to female, worked and played against the women. It all goes to the women. Have the NCAA well, look, ever – have they changed look, anything?
3: At the same meet where we had Leah Thomas, right, who, as you mentioned, is male to female, at this same meet, we had another trans athlete who was female to male. Formerly Izzy goes by the name Isaac. We were expected to treat him entirely, treat her entirely as a male. We were expected to use the pronouns he, him. They had a double mastectomy. They swam only in a Speedo as a woman. And so imagine this is the 100 freestyle final of the NCAAs, the fastest meet in the world. You have a woman in a Speedo and a man in a woman swimsuit with a bulge. That is what we lived through. That is what we saw. It feels like the Twilight Zone and I can tell you why Izzy now Isaac didn't compete with the men and it's because Izzy now Isaac never would and never will be able to compete at that same level against the men and we were it was supposed to be normal we weren't supposed to question what they were doing we had a both types of transitioning individuals swimming with the women at that national championships which is something i think the media has done a terrible job of covering and so i'm glad you brought that up but but you asked about the rules the guidelines they put in place the only rule the ncaa has made from this is now they have a rule of what to do in a tie since thomas and i tied and they insisted on giving him the trophy for for pictures they now created a, a rule of what to do during a tie and it goes to whoever is older that is the rule they have gotten from all of this of what to do in a tie not how to keep women safe in bathrooms not how to keep the competition fair. It's what to do during a tie when an unfair advantage is is very present and and this man wins.
0: It's unbelievable. Uh, I saw Nancy Amore, who who is, I think, America's – well, I'll give her credit. Nobody's read Nancy Amore for years and years and years. Forgive me for saying this about a woman, but she's the ultimate diversity hire – at USA Today. She is. And everybody knows, nobody's read this woman, but she is starting to make a name for herself when she came out and called uh, my friend Sam Ponder. Sam and I worked for five years. She's the most inclusive human being alive. And she used to make fun of me for my Neanderthal behavior. But anyway, she got called a bigot. And then Nancy Amore is basically saying that you are doing this for clout and prestige and celebrity and money. I cannot believe some of these people.
3: Look, I would be glad if this issue was solved and I could move on with the plans I had for myself. Who would ever want to to work in the political sphere voluntarily? (laughs) Not me. I can promise you that. This is never something I wanted. This is still not something I want. But I've dedicated myself to pursuing it because I see what's at stake if someone doesn't. I see how I now have this platform and how people like you mentioned when you brought me on in your intro is is people listen to me. I have this credibility that not a ton of people who are being outspoken have and where I actually face this, I saw this, I felt it. I, I know what this looks like in regards to the silencing. I know what this looks like in regards to the competition, in regards to the locker room and, and, and the hate that I've gotten, the support that I've gotten. I have that credibility and Nancy will do anything to take that away.
0: I don't get it. Like, I honestly don't get it. Seriously.
3: (laughs) Neither does Nancy. She was never an elite athlete. She was never someone who had trained her entire life to have it unfairly taken away. Um, she doesn't understand. This isn't something that impacts her. Therefore, again, she would rather virtue signal than do what's right.
0: Honest to God. I, I, I sit here. All right. What's next? What's next for you?
3: Continuing on onward Um, again, this is I would be glad if this issue was curbed, but I don't see that happening, especially as the presidential um, cycle heats up. I think this issue is really only going to gain more traction. I feel as if the way this whole gender ideology movement and and cultural issue has has taken into effect. This is a big time topic. Um, And so I think it will continue to be used to divide and be overly politicized in a way that it it really shouldn't be. This isn't political. This is really a a humanity issue that in the way that we're utter, utterly disregarding women. And so I think it's going to continue to get more heated. And as it gets more heated, I'll get louder. Um, This is something that I didn't know I was passionate about until being directly impacted. And so I feel as if it's my mission now to be a megaphone for those girls who are impacted. And even those who aren't yet, but will be if this continues.
0: You know, uh, just to be clear, so the NCAA did nothing about any dude, anytime, anywhere can come into the women's locker room because it's unisex. Uh, they did nothing about that. Nothing.
3: Nothing. Nothing. Actually, when we came out and That's said that we were uncomfortable, they wanted us to feel like we should apologize. They wanted us to feel like we I, were I knew wrong that. for feeling uncomfortable.
0: I, I knew that, but in the interim, after that, subsequent to that, they haven't changed anything.
3: No. What the NCAA is doing now Jeez. is they're in a phased-out phase approach where they want nothing to do with it. They don't want accountability. Like every big organization, they don't want to be liable for these things. And so they're in a phase-out approach where they're essentially going to leave it up to the sport-specific governing bodies for for each sport. So swimming would look to USA Swimming for rules. Rowing would look to U.S. Rowing for rules. They don't want to be responsible, which shows you their lack of a backbone, which shows you their cowardice, which really admits that they know this is wrong when they don't want anything to do with it. It shows they know this is wrong. They know it is.
0: Of course, look... I- how weak do you have to be to not know it's wrong? How chicken do you have, sorry, how chicken blank do you have to be to to not know it's wrong? Look, Bobby Barak, one of our great writers, he's fantastic, wrote an article, and it's really based on you. It said, basically, because of you, uh, it's okay to come out of the closet now and criticize this movement, because I think, you know, and we saw it with Nancy Amore, with Sage Steele, and with Sam Ponder, and with you, because she's come at you. People were afraid to come out, but now you have a number of people, including Taylor Silverman, who was on my show yesterday, that now, I think most people now feel comfortable. Hey, look, screw this. We're gonna say what we need to say and damn the consequences from idiots on the far left.
3: Totally. Um, I will tell you in my experience, the support is a thousand to one compared to the negative. And it's liberating to say the truth. You feel as if when you don't have to adhere to, to, the, to the, the lies, that's what they are. They're asking us to lie. You feel as if a weight is off of your shoulders. Um, and so I feel empowered. I feel emboldened. I feel liberated from simply saying men and women are different, which is tragic, honestly, that we've gotten to this point. But I want everyone yeah. to feel that feeling. Stand firm in the truth. Use your voice and know that we are the majority. And it's not just the majority of Republicans The overwhelming majority of the general public knows, especially in regards to sports, men should not be competing against women. Come on, we learned this in what, fifth grade, not even?
0: Uh, Last thing before I let you go, July 4th, we're celebrating it on this show. Um, What do you think, July 4th, what does July 4th mean to you? What does it embody in you and your family historically or maybe now, both?
3: Well, let me tell you, I get called brave all the time. I get called courageous all the time. And it strikes me because I don't feel brave for what I'm doing. I don't feel courageous. I understand it it requires a little courage. But it really only just hit me that the people calling me brave were ultimately scared of different things. They're scared of the cancel culture. They're scared of um, the labels. And while I agree that's scarier, I'm not who's brave. Who is brave and what Fourth of July means to me are those people who served and fought for these freedoms, are the people on the front lines, are the first responders, are law enforcement, firefighters. Those are the people who are brave, actively putting themselves in the position to protect others because they feel as if it's their duty. That is who's brave. Um, But it it, it struck me. Again, I realize we're scared of different things. What they're scared of is the labels. What I'm scared of is not standing firm in the truth. Um, But I don't consider myself brave. And I wanted to put it out there. The people who are brave are the ones who fought, the ones who continue to fight the lunacy that we're seeing now. If it weren't for them and their fight and their mission, we would be a lot worse off than we are now. We still live in the greatest country in the world. Um, We do have so many freedoms. We are so blessed to be here. When I hear someone like LeBron James talk about how bad America is and how oppressed he is, do you know how frustrated <laughs> that makes me when we have people like Lizzo, when we have people like Megan Rapino who stands for the net or who kneels for the national Anthem, it sickens me. And that's what this July 4th I'm going to be celebrating is how amazing this country is and how, and how amazing the people who fought for this country are.
0: Uh, last, last thing before I let you go. Um, people are vicious and people have been vicious to you. you. You have a husband. You have a family. Um, if I were your husband, I'm old enough to be your dad. I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm, I'm her number one fan. Like, I hope she goes back into coaching so I can paint my face and be, you know, be an idiot, in the, you know, in the stands. And, but how has this affected your family, you know, your marriage, that kind of stuff?
3: It's hard. I won't even lie. Um, it's been a lot my husband and I, we just moved into our new house. We just got, let me show you. We just got this puppy. Who's a sweetie pie. (laughs) And so it's been a lot. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of going around. It's, it's mentally draining. It's an emotional toll on me. Um, and so it's a lot, there's a lot going on, but I'm fortunate. He's my rock. He is so supportive of me. So supportive of, of my mission. He swam at university of Kentucky as well. And so he understands the work that we put in he understands the differences between men and women I actually said this in my senate hearing in regards to accomplishments and achievements i was i was a lot i was a better swimmer than him i'll say but he could kick my butt any day of the week and so he understands that and i'm fortunate that he does he's he's my rock
0: that's the beauty of i'm going to end with the kelly robinson thing that's the beauty not only did she walk into unprepared about Serena Williams, but you got an in-house example. Like you got one sleeping right there with you as an example of your husband. I mean, you could not have been less prepared. And I let me last, last, last thing. Um, you don't. You talk about you not being brave, and I think I've told you this before. Look. As a college athlete, and i couldn 't imagine i i i I guess i could i don't, i want to say I could, but i couldn 't imagine getting right out of college and putting my life on hold for a cause, and then on top of that, knowing that people are going to lie, knowing that people are going to bullshit, knowing that you 're going to go in front of Congress and have an actual congressman Dan Durbin just completely be full of shit or somebody that 's in a job that takes a great amount of courage. Have you found something in yourself that you always knew you had, or did you find something in yourself that maybe you didn't know you had?
3: I've always been a leader. I'm very fortunate for the family foundation that I have being raised strong in my faith. Both of my parents were D1 athletes. My dad played in the NFL um, for a while. I'm fortunate they instilled in me how to be a leader how to be mentally tough, how to be resilient, how to be a team player, how to do something bigger for bigger than just yourself. And that's what this mission is. I'm looking at it as a a competition. It's a challenge and boy, I love competing. And more than I, more than I love winning, I hate losing. And that's what this is to me. It's a fight. It's a battle. um, And I'm, I'm ready to win. I'm ready to win not just for myself, but again, this is about a team, It's very, the parallel to this fight and and playing a sport, especially at an elite level, it's very similar. And so I I feel like I have a lot of that that foundation, but I've learned a lot. I've learned how to, I've really had to mature. I have had to grow in my wisdom and I feel, I feel God's hand on me. So it's a blessing.
0: You could tell. I mean, you know, you, you can tell. There are two people. I was telling somebody this the other day. There are two people that I've interviewed. One's a friend of mine, Brad Stevens, who was the Butler basketball coach, and, and uh, now he's the Celtics GM, and you. When you speak, I'm enthralled. I just am. When Brad would speak, I'd be like, yeah, ah, dang, i got to be a better person. Riley Gaines makes me a better person. i got to do some thinking around here. Brad Stevens is like, I'd be off the phone or I'd get off the phone going, yeah, I'm too stupid. I I, I I, just, so I thank you for being a friend of our show. It's an honor. Swear to God, I don't say this. A lot of people say it's an honor, a blessing. I'm not really that guy, but I swear to God, it is an honor that you are a friend of our show. You make us better. And I thank you for that.
3: Well, you are the best. And I am so, so grateful for you and what you do and highlighting a lot of this this nonsense,
0: and the good. So thank you very much. Riley, it is 1000% my pleasure. Now go have a great day with your dog and, you know, stay off Twitter. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm just telling you, uh, thanks to Riley Gaines for coming on. Uh, This Patriot Package was started by our our boss, uh, Aaron Spielberg, and it's great. And you cannot discuss any of this without talking to Riley Gaines because she is an American hero. And you know her answers are absolutely perfect, and they're because they're heartfelt, they're they're God-driven. They're 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 because of a deeper, deeper sense than self, and that is absolutely freaking awesome. And I'm I am I'm proud that Riley Gaines is a friend of our show. All right, we're not stopping. We got more. We'll be right back. And it's canter freedom. Became a United States citizen, and nobody loves freedom more than Ennis Cantor. Freedom, he put it in his name. Hey, I don't know that I've ever asked you uh, this. You've been nice enough to be a friend of our show. Um, Why did you pick the name Freedom? Why did you put that into your given name?
4: Thank you for having me, man. Always a pleasure. So it's actually a very funny story. I remember first time I came to the United States, I was going to high school, and we had a practice and after the practice everybody was sitting in the locker room and stuff and everybody was on their phone so i saw this post on facebook one of my teammates were was criticizing the president of the united states so i turned around immediately i was like dude what are you doing and he was like what happened he said well you know i just saw your post and he said okay and i was like well you might be in jail tomorrow And I remember all my teammates started to laugh. And I was very confused. I'm like, why are you guys laughing? One of them said, dude, this is not Turkey. This is America. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, we have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of protest here. Just because of you don't like the president, just because of you don't uh, like the government, you're not going to be in jail. And that was like, I really thought they were talking to a like different language, you know, and then slowly my high school teammates, my college teammates, you know, started to like tell me about the freedom we have in this country. So I was like, well, after, you know, air, water and food, the freedom was like the most important thing that a human being can have. So I wanted to make this world part of me and carry it everywhere I go. And now every place I go in and people chant and scream freedom. And that's amazing.
0: That is amazing. That That's absolutely amazing. But you also, so people understand, uh, I, I said this earlier on the show. I said, you know, uh, Ennis is the guy that I point to as maybe the most proud person to be an American, but people don't understand because we've talked about this before. Your family has been threatened over in Turkey, your your immediate family, and you're not allowed to go there. You've been pretty much exiled.
4: You know, I got 12th arrest warning uh, in nine years. I actually have a bounty on my head. They put my name on Interpol list. They put my name on the most wanted terrorist list just because of I was talking about the human rights violations that are happening in Turkey. I was talking about the political prisoners. People need to understand, and I'm not saying, okay, America, everyone, every country has their own problems, and I'm not saying America is 100% perfect, but just because of you tweeting this country, just because of you express yourself, just because of you uh, go out there and criticize the president or the government, your family's not going to be in jail and tortured, you know? I remember it was like when i was playing for i think it was boston celtics and towards the end of the season i get in the locker room and all my teammates they were criticizing america they were saying america is bad america is awful this and that and i actually listened and see if they were gonna tell me like if they're gonna say something like valid so i listened for like a few minutes and i was like guys listen Season is about to be over. And after the season, I will buy your ticket. And let's go to these, these some of these countries out there. Like Russia, like China, like Iran, like North Korea, like Venezuela, like Cuba, like Turkey. And I want I would like to see if you guys go to even forget about giving an interview or making a headline. Let me see if you guys can even tweet something about the regimes over there you will be in jail the next day and you no one will hear from you ever again you know look what happens to Brittany, uh, griner you know it's not people think that oh yeah we have we had so bad in this country but we are we we should feel very blessed to be in a country like america
0: what are your thoughts you're the perfect guy to ask we've mm-hmm. seen in sports you have fought Tooth and nail to expose what's going on with China and the United, well, the NBA, mm. um, the Live Tour with the Saudis now joining up with the PGA Tour. Give me your thoughts on that.
4: I mean, l- listen, I have been, I have been, I have been criticizing every dictatorship out there, and if there is any, any other human rights violations, if there is any political prisoners, it doesn't matter if it's Saudi Arabia or my home country Turkey. I'm going to be outspoken about, about it, and. Uh, I mean, look what's the relation between NBA and China. Look how much NBA is dependent on the biggest dictatorship in the world, and how much money they're making. And they're literally firing an American citizen just because of that person was criticizing their biggest market. Same goes with that. You know, that's another regime. That's another dictatorship. And we should not work with these dictatorships out there. Like Qatar is another one. They just organized. Um, a World Soccer Championship over there, you know? So we need to be very careful about uh, which country we are working with.
0: People always, you know, um, money talks, though, and you've seen this exponentially, and in the Live Tour Golf, it's like, man, they have so much freaking money that it's almost like, well, if you didn't join us, we're going to buy you. I mean, it's amazing to me the money that gets thrown around here. And that's that's what you follow to find out why anything happened, including why China and the, Uni- are, the NBA are in bed. That's pretty simple, no?
4: Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we need some people who have, you know, some empathy and strong morals. I know, like, I guess, you know, for them, money and business is so important. And, yeah, it is. You know, you can do a lot with money. But that doesn't mean you have to sell your soul to these dictatorships. You know, um, I think the only only organization that I've seen that is standing up against these regimes or dictatorships or was the Women's Tennis Association. That is That was literally the only organization that I've seen for the last whatever years that said, no, we don't care about your money. We don't care about your business. We care about our player. I'm sure you know about the Peng Shu and how. She was uh disappeared and the and we, we put so much pressure on the Chinese government and then all of a sudden she appeared and obviously she's not she's free, but she's not free. She is free, but she's not free. The, the reason I'm i saying it is like she's not free to talk to free mediums, she's not free to to travel. So uh yeah, that is the only organization, but every shame on the every other organization. This goes with uh Olympics. This goes with the organizations and companies in America. So we just need to have some strong morals.
0: Hey, Ennis, um, you've been at this. You've been very vocal. Um, do you see progress being made?
4: It is, yes. I mean, we always say just don't just talk about it, be about it. You know, I obviously go on. Going out there and giving interviews is fine. Tweeting about it and exposing them is fine and everything. But if you're not taking any kind of actions, then it's like it's it's it just brings awareness, you know. So we put a bill. It says Uyghur Force uh, Prevention Act. I'm not sure if you have heard it or not. Actually passed the House and uh, passed the Senate. And I believe the President Biden signed it. So the goal of the bill is. If you, I'm sure everybody knows about this, the, the sweatshops and how these factors using uh, slave labor, slave kids, um, by working them six, 16 hours a day and six times a week. Um, so if you have anything to do with sweatshops, you're not allowed to step into America. And that is going to cost companies billions of dollars. It calls Uyghur Force uh, Permission Act. You can go on internet and, and, and uh, ch- check it out. So there is a, prog- a progress, but it just, it, it is slow. I'm not going to lie, because these companies who preaches uh, freedom and justice in our country is literally using slave kids, like Nike, like Apple. And I can just go on. There's actually 82 companies in America uses um, slave labor. Um, So we just have to call them out and we have to actually bring some real change.
0: Let me ask you, uh, you've kind of, sort of, at least if you read between the lines, hinted at a political run. Where where are we at with that?
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, right now, I feel like if you're an activist, if you're a human rights activist, right, you, I mean, you have a beautiful message and you want both sides, every side it doesn't matter. You're from the right, from the left, whoever you voted for or whoever you cheer for, you have to care about human rights. So I think my message is so pure and b- b- beautiful and you know, no one can challenge me. No one can say, Oh, Ernest, why are you talking about the political prisoners? Why, are you talking, why do you care about the Uyghurs? Why do you care about human rights? But uh, right now my focus is on that, but um I do think about running for a political office for sure because every time I go on the hill to talk to these lawmakers and they're like listen man what are you doing why are you wasting your time just bring your voice to DC and you can actually make some real change you know right now you are very very influential but you can be more you know so um I'm just waiting for the right time right place um, uh, but in the future, yes, I'm definitely thinking about it.
0: What does July 4th mean to you? What is what? July 4th.
4: What is July mean 4th? To you? <laughs> what does July 4th mean to me? You know, it's it's so funny because when my first maybe four or five years in America, I think July 4th mm, meant was just barbecue and fireworks because I just didn't know the meaning behind it. You know, I was looking forward to that day every year. I was like, man, that that day is gonna be fun. Are we gonna eat a lot of food? There's gonna be fireworks. But once you learned it like the true meaning of the July 4th, you know, I was like, wow, this is more than just doing barbecue in your backyard. Just this is more than just watching fireworks. This is more than anything you can imagine, you know? So it means everything to me. I think that day is, an, uh, the, is a day that every American, every American should just sit down and think about what this country have been through and think about what can we do to make this country even better because so many people fought so hard to have this beautiful country, have this uh, freedom. So, you know, it just we just need to sit down and think about what can we do to take the next step and make this country even better. Can't
0: thank you enough for joining. That was perfectly well said. I'm going to leave with that because I can't do any better than that, man. That was terrific, Ennis. Thank you for the time.
4: Thank you, brother. Appreciate that.
0: Ennis Cantor Freedom, I'm just telling you, it was a perfect guest for this particular show. It it simply is. I mean, Ennis is terrific. He's fighting, and he's, 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 man, you think about a bounty on your head. Interpol, that type of thing. Of course, Riley Gaines is fighting like crazy. Mike Kozlowski has stood up and been very, very, very bold the head coach of the Air Force. So what a great, great time we had on this show. And I thank all of you once again. I thank all of you uh, for listening, for being a part not only of this show, but all of our shows. You know, Independence Day, the 4th of July, means more to me than it ever has. You know, when you get older, you stop taking things for granted. You start appreciating things more. You start appreciating what you have, maybe the life that you live, the people that you've been around. You even start appreciating the down times in your life because it made the up times all that much better. I look around and I've said this forever. The United States of America is the greatest country in the history of the world, and we are very, very lucky to have been born here. (laughs) Look, uh, when I say lucky, I don't know about you, but I really didn't have a choice of where I was going to be born. I literally, literally, literally fell into this. I hope everybody feels the same. I hope that the tide is turning, that we are now feeling freer err to support the America that we all love. We need to win. We need to be strong. We need to get back to being an America that is for the people of the people. That's why I love this show. That's why I don't like this show. I love this show that Aaron Spielberg, our unbelievable boss, came up with and the people that he got on it. I mean, who more... Or who better to talk to than Ennis Cantor-Frieda, Mike Kozlowski, the Air Force coach, and of course, Riley Gaines. I hope everybody has a fantastic Fourth of July. I hope everybody stays safe. I will be back in the chair on Wednesday. Have a great day. Enjoy the Fourth.